Good morning. It's good to see everyone. We certainly have a good audience here this morning, and we're glad that you're here. We hope that we can be edified in our song service and prayer and in our teaching service. And I hope that the sermon that I've prepared this morning will be one that can be beneficial for you. I've chosen a passage out of Micah. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? I like the book of Micah. I was studying in it this week and decided on this sermon. And uh, there's just so many messages that's in that book. Sometimes I think we make Christianity um, more complicated than it is. We get tied up in a lot of details that sometimes I think we miss the picture. And that's one thing I think about this is it kind of sums up really about our relationship with God. It's sort of like the scripture that says the first commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and all thy soul. And the second is likened to it, love thy neighbor as thyself. On this hang the law and the prophets. Those are just little thumbnail statements from scripture that really sum it up. And if we could get those memorized in our mind and think about it constantly... I think we would do a better job of serving God rather than getting hung up on this or that or something else and spending all of our time on that and just focus about what am I supposed to be doing today. And if we get that there and with the help of our conscience, we should be able to serve God acceptably. The three things that he says is to do justly. That means to be fair in your dealings with others. It means righteousness, to love mercy, to have tenderness and love and forgiveness for others, and to walk humbly with thy God. You know when you're doing these three things, you don't get in very much trouble. It's when we vary from that that we get ourselves in trouble. You know, when we think about serving God, anything we love more than God becomes an idol in our heart. Doesn't matter what it is. And it's sort of like we believe, you know, I'm married to my wife. There's just not room for two men in this marriage. Or two women. And God doesn't have room for us to have something else to worship in our heart. The scripture says, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's who we serve. God wants to be our Lord first and foremost.
As we look at these people here in Micah, they had gotten away from God, a long ways away from God. And they needed to get back, and the prophet had come to give them a message of doom if they didn't repent. What's the difference ultimately whether we obey God or not? What difference does it make? Ultimately, it decides where we spend eternity. In heaven or in hell. That's how much difference it makes. You know, there won't be any unbelievers in hell. There's a lot of people in our country today that says they don't believe in God. There won't be any unbelievers in hell. We don't like to think about that subject. We don't like to talk about that subject. It makes us uncomfortable. You know, Jesus said more about hell than any other writer in the Bible, and he said quite a bit about it. He thought it was an important subject. If we think about hell, it's a great motivator for us to try harder. Because that's not certainly where we want to end up when this light is over. What does God want? besides the things that are listed there on the board. He wants to bless us with his counsel. And certainly this is part of it. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be content. And I believe we should be the most contented and happy people on the face of the earth if we're following God. Because it doesn't get us in a bind. It frees us from sin. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. You know, there's not going to be anything in heaven that hurts others. It just won't be there. Murder hurts other people. Lying hurts other people. Sexual perversion hurts other people. Now, I didn't say anyone who had committed these things wouldn't be in heaven. I said, if they were that, when they died, that's going to be their eternal destiny. There's not any sin that we can commit that the blood of Jesus can't wash away, remove as far as the east is from the west, and God says He puts it behind Him, and He won't bring it up again. So anything you've been guilty of and you've cleared up with God, you're not guilty of that any longer, and no one has a right to call you by that sin and say, you're a murderer, you're a liar, you're a, you're a thief. That's one of the great things about God. He can fix things that we can't fix. And as I said, there won't be anybody in heaven that hurts others. 
You know, sometimes people yell and holler and scream and families have all kinds of problems. Neighbors can have problems. Co-workers can have problems. Some people talk down to others and make people feel bad. Tell them how stupid they are. You know, there won't be any of that in heaven. These people that Micah was speaking to didn't want God in their life anymore. He said, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I sent Moses down there, and you had been slaves for 430 years. And Moses said, Pharaoh, God wants you to let his people go. They'd forgotten that, hadn't they? They'd forgotten do we have short memories? We forget what God has done for us. How many tight places God's gotten us out of. God did not ask for something that was unreasonable when he asked this. You know, if you read those scriptures there in the sixth chapter, they said it to God. I'm going to have to pass on, but thoughts went from me. God does not ask what is unreasonable. What does He ask for, particularly from them? To follow Him in the things that He taught. He didn't ask for rivers of blood. He didn't ask for the death of your child for your sin. He never asked you anything that hard. These are the things that He asked you. And so, who is a God like unto thee? The prophet said. What other God can do these great things that you've done? You've opened up the Red Sea. You've given us a way to get free from our sin. You've given us a way to clear our conscience. What other God is like that? And then in chapter 6, 10 through 16, God defends Himself. And He said, have you forgotten what I did for you? I sent Miriam and I sent Moses with you. And when Balaam came out to curse you, I caused a blessing to come out of his mouth and he blessed you. Have you forgotten all of that? That I pardoned your sin and put it behind me. But you know, there's so many in America and so many in our city today that says, I don't want God meddling in my business. Is that a real intelligent statement considering who God is? But you know, they truly feel that way about it. America says we don't want God in our schools. We don't want God in the workplace. You know, if you've got godly people in the workplace, 
you're not going to be treated fairly and honestly and in ways that we need to be treated. But people have forgotten about that. Do you want God with you this morning? Do you pray to God daily to be in your life, to walk with you, to guide you? Do you pray and thank Him for your food? Do you go to church on Sunday? Or is this an unusual event? You see, if we want God in our lives, we're going to be involved in those activities because that's a part of being a Christian. That's a part of our service to God. God wants to be our God, the one and only God in our lives. Are you unhappy with God this morning? These people here that Micah was writing to were unhappy with God. God is not responsible for any suffering in your life. The devil and sin cause suffering. And suffering follows sin just like night follows day. You can't commit a sin without suffering the consequences of that sin. You know, God didn't make you sin. He's never made anybody sin. If you sin, you choose to sin. And you can't blame that on anybody else but yourself. That's a conscious decision that you make. God in the Bible tells us what sin is. And what the consequences of sin is. So if we want to keep suffering, just keep believing the devil's lie, it won't hurt you. That's what he told Eve. That was the first lie. It won't hurt you. You'll be benefited. God wants our heart to be changed. And that's what these things are telling us. Don't act like everybody else. Don't treat people poorly. Don't go out and make enemies of your neighbors. Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, Except you repent, and that means to change, you'll perish. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. God wants serving Him to be more important to us than any job or money or sports or anything else that we might lust after. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if you think about that, what is Jesus implying by that? Where do you spend your money? 
Where do you spend your money? When you have some extra dollars, where, what do you spend it on? Where your money is, there will your heart be also. Because hearts lust to be after money. And if we don't control and curb that, it will certainly bring us down. God wants you to be a new creature in Christ, transformed. Have the renewing of your mind. That's described as turning our life around. Everything in in life that's worthwhile takes three things. It takes time, it takes energy, and it takes money. So where are we giving our time? What are we putting our energies into? You know, we can get too busy for God. That's what these people have done. That's what a lot of people in this city have done. They ain't got time to come here this morning. They're too busy being somewhere else. Too busy in other activities. You know... What does God want from me? That's a good question. Why don't we let God answer that? Would that be fair? What did God say in the Bible that He wanted from us? Well, He wants us to love Him with all of our heart. Matthew 22. And then He told the truth through the prophet here of what He was asking of Israel, which He also asked of you and I. You know, if you want to know about heaven, don't you think you'd get your best information from somebody that lived there? Or someone that had been there and been to earth and has gone back to heaven? Don't you think that would be a good source to get the answer to that question? You can go to the bookstores and you can just find piles of books on any religious question you want to look at with a lot of maybes and probablys and it could be's. But if you want a definite answer, go to the Bible. That's pretty straightforward answer that God gave. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God wants us to do good to others, to treat other people right, honestly, fair, don't steal. Do you think those are bad rules? A lot of people do. They think they're unreasonable. Why should anybody tell me what to do? What if we didn't have any rules? (coughs) 
it'd just be chaos. And anybody could do anything they want to. They can shoot you if you want to. I had a discussion with an atheist one time. And um, I was talking to him about the necessity of having rules to go by. He didn't, he didn't think we needed those rules. And I said, well, you're against what I'm for. I've spent my life preaching the gospel. I've, put a, I've invested a lot in that. And you're against that. Why don't I just shoot you and get you out of the way so you don't infect anybody else? Would that be okay? He didn't think it would. I said, then we need rules. And God has given the rules. And I said, there have been untold conferences of atheists that have gotten together and tried to decide upon a list of rules for people to live by. And they can't do it because they start out with a false premise. I can't tell you anything to do or not do. Well, if you start out with that premise, you can't make a rule. Those are not bad rules. Nine of the Ten Commandments that are given in the Old Testament are given in the New. God didn't change the Sabbath to the first day of the week. The Sabbath was nailed to the cross, and a new day was given us to worship God. Their day was to be a memorial of their deliverance from Egypt. Deuteronomy 5 is very specific about that. Our day is not to remember in Egypt. We never had any ancestors in Egypt, the day that He's given you and I as Christians is to remember Jesus. To remember Jesus. That's what the most important day in the history of man was the day that Christ died. Changed the whole world. You know, to me, it's a great joy to serve God not telling you I never made any mistakes. Not telling you I've done it perfectly. Only one did. To me, it's a great privilege to serve God. My life has been very, very blessed. The joy that comes up in me when I think about my Christian life, it, it greatly humbles me, and, and I say, why? Should I be so blessed? Why should we have friends from coast to coast? And many of them have set their feet under our table. My wife made sure of that. So, so many blessings. I want to talk a moment about love. We love Him because He first loved us. That's what we're supposed to do. We're to love our neighbor as ourself. If we love people, we need to love everybody. We really do. I didn't understand that when I was young. We need to love everybody. Jesus said, love your enemies. 
You know, if we love our enemies and we do good to those that despitefully use you, a lot of times we can win them over. Because that's strange behavior in our society. What doth the Lord require of thee? Are you a person that's unhappy with God? I hope there's not anybody here this morning that's unhappy with God. But you know, in a crowd this size, probably there are some people here that are unhappy with God this morning. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is where you get your strength. Because you get joy out of being honest. You get joy out of being fair. And we could go down the list of all of those things. They should bring joy, and that puts strength in us to do those things. Because it's right, and because it's fair. Just as God told Pharaoh to let Israel go, God also frees us from the bondage of sin. What a blessing. What a blessing. What if there weren't any second chances with God? What if there wasn't any way to cleanse your conscience? I can't imagine at 76 what kind of a conscience I'd have if there wasn't any way to cleanse it. Philippians 4.9 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say, rejoice. The Bible speaks about joy unspeakable. In Psalm 16.11, Thou wilt show me thy path of life. He's talking about spiritual life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'll promise you that's not talking about hell. It's just not. Psalms 28 and verse 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song will I praise Him. Aren't you glad you're a Christian this morning? Aren't you thankful for that? David said, I trusted in Him, and I am helped. I'm helped. Therefore, I rejoice at what God's done for me. I want to pick up a scripture here in Psalms 28. 
Verse number 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in Him. And I am helped. Therefore, that's the same one I just read before. I'm sorry. We are helped by God through His Word every day. You know, if we don't read God's Word, we're cheating ourselves. Because He could fix a whole lot of things and make a whole lot of things in life better. David said he trusted in the Lord. And he, he talked throughout the Psalms about when he was in battle and when all of this calamity came in his family. And he said, I trusted in the Lord. Do you count yourself among God's people this morning? Is your heart right with God? That's a pretty penetrating question, isn't it? Is my heart right with God? The Apostle John says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you, do you really believe in the blood of Jesus? The blood that was shed on Calvary's hill? Well, yeah, the Bible says the blood of Jesus will cleanse sin. No, I mean, do you really believe that? Because I don't think some people do. A lot of people are dragging that body of sin around behind them because they haven't ever let go of it yet because they don't think Jesus forgive it. What a burden. What a terrible burden. I've been around people that made mistakes in their teenage years and were still carrying that in their 40s and 50s. That's not what God wants for you. God wants you to get rid of that. Get it out of your life. Forget it and move on. That's God's will for us. And if we don't accept that forgiveness, we're either doubting God's promise or the power of the blood of Jesus. Because if God's medicine really works, it really works and you really get well. And if you're not well, you had not taken the medicine. You haven't trusted in the medicine. John said, if our heart condemn us, we're in trouble. But if our heart condemns us not, then, T-H-E-N, it's a time word, right then, we're made free from sin. If our, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. David said, I trusted God to take away my sin. And David said, I believe God did it. Now, there's a lot of other people didn't want to, but God did. And that gave David joy 
to be able to move on with his life. David did some pretty bad things. I doubt if there's anybody here this morning that did anything any worse than David did. But David believed God. You know, when we believe God, we believe He can remove sin, and we believe He can resurrect our body. Which one's harder? If God can't do one, can He do the other? I think He can do both. And those are mighty good reasons to be a Christian. I hope these verses that we've discussed uh, this morning from Micah will cause you to think. I'd encourage you to read that book and get acquainted. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God? And these people had completely forgot all of that and went after Satan. How quickly we forget. How quickly. Let's don't be that way. Let's don't be that way. Let's live our life with purpose. Let's live our life with confidence. Let's trust the Lord. Let's do what He says. Let's keep ourselves in good standing with God. And we will be so joyous at the resurrection if we do that. It will be joy unspeakable. And it's going to be really, really sad if we don't do that. The lesson is yours this morning. If you have a need in your life, we want to assist you with that. If you need prayer, we'd like to pray for you. If you need to be baptized, we'd like to do that. If you need counseling, we can do that later. But if you feel this morning uh, that your conscience is pricked and that you need to do something, then we invite you to come as we stand and sing.